98 FM's Late Night Talk. With Head and Shoulders, giving you the confidence to hang up your hang-ups. Welcome back. You're listening to Late Night Talk with myself, Michelle McMullen, and the lovely Murren O'Connell. Today, Nikki Ryan on the journal.ie, who wrote a piece on isolation or withdrawal rooms that are used by teachers when dealing with autistic children in places that have autism spectrum units. We are joined now by Neve Dean, um, who is from the group Parents Against Isolation Rooms Ireland. Neve, thanks for joining us. No problem. Neve, can you tell us exactly what isolation rooms are? Sure. Um, an isolation room is, in general, a very small room, sort of the size of a small toilet. Um, and in general, they're very sort of bare, stark rooms. They'll have um, simple wall uh, covering paint or something like that on the wall. They'll have maybe a carpet on the floor and possibly a window to the outside. Um, but in general, they're just very small rooms that are locked from the outside. So the, the child is, is placed in this room to calm down and the adult then walks out of the room and locks the door. This sounds sort of archaic, Neve. How long have we been using them? I've been actually trying to find that out for um, a little while, actually, but as far as I can tell, they've been used for at least five years. Um, they are very well used in the States um, for a long time now and some states are finally... Uh, starting to ban these rooms or withdraw the funding for these rooms. Um, they've, they finally realised that they are dangerous to the child and can cause more harm than good. OK, before we get on to the dangerous element of them, Neve, because one would think, yeah, locking a child in a room by itself, what the hell is happening? What schools are these used in? Are they schools that are specifically dealing with children who are autistic or are they mainstream schools where autistic children attend? They're mainstream schools, and the school can or have an autistic unit attached to it or within it, but the schools are mainstream schools. They're box standard schools. They have then, it's a grant that is given to the school, so the school has to apply for the funding to place this room in the school, um, and the department class it as a safe room or safe space, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And under what circumstances would a chi- would the teacher feel it necessary to place a child in this room? Um, it sort of depends. The, the rules seem to be depending on each board of management for the school. Um, there isn't any set guidelines from the Department of Education's point of view outlining exactly when a child should and shouldn't be put in this room. So it is up to each school as to what level they will allow a child to get before they decide that they can't manage the child's behaviour and place them in isolation. And when you say can't manage their behaviour, what's going on? Um, when you have a child on the spectrum, they have very, uh, I suppose varying um, degrees of signs of them getting upset. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, an autistic meltdown is different to a tantrum. Mm-hmm. The it's sort of more prolonged and very specific to, say, one thing or a number of things that have led up to it. They never just sort of appear out of nowhere. The child has reacted to something. So children on the spectrum are very sensitive um, and they'd have sensory issues. So they're reacting to something. So you can actually tell or see signs, and particularly as a parent, you can see when your child is getting to a point where they just can't manage the situation and they don't know what to do. Mm. So they, 
they start having a meltdown, I suppose. It's a bit like a tantrum, but sort of more severe. And that's their way of coping with what's going on. Now, a teacher, I suppose most teachers aren't really trained to see those signs. Okay. Um, so they will just see the child becoming unmanageable. And that's when, in general, the child gets placed in an isolation. And the idea is that the child calms down, mm-hmm. but the opposite effect happens. So if you lock a child, even a, um, a neurotypical child, so a regular child, in a room, yeah. they will freak out. Yeah, yeah that's understandable. And Completely. Maeve, talk to us about the... There's obviously a physical effect, uh, as Myrne said, of placing a child in this room. Talk to me about the mental effect that being placed in pretty much solitary confinement can have on a child who's already in a vulnerable mental state having a, a bit of a meltdown? We can have lasting effects. Um, there have been studies done in the States as to the effects of, of children who are locked in isolation in Ireland. It's because people don't actually realise that we have these rooms. We don't really have that sort of information. So there are studies done in the States and they're, they're doing studies at the moment in the UK of the psychological effects of the children that are being placed on a regular basis in isolation. And you're mentally damaging the children. They are seeing the room as a punishment. They are blaming themselves for being put in the room. They are becoming more and more um, self-harm uh, is the mental state. And that's, that's, there's danger to that. Um, obviously, there's a danger to locking a child in the room. But you don't want a child to start thinking that the world is against them. And you don't want them to start thinking that to get out of this room, they need to hurt themselves. 53981, or you can low call 1850 You're listening to Late Night Talk here on 98 FM with Maureen O'Connell and Michelle McMullen. And we're speaking to Neve Dean, who's um, from the group Parents Against Isolation Rooms Ireland. This was a piece that was done on the journal.ie earlier on today. Isolation rooms are rooms in which um, autistic children are placed to apparently, supposedly help them calm down when they're beginning uh, to show signs of having some sort of meltdown, as you mentioned earlier on. Uh, Niamh. Now, as as you said there, it wasn't really known that we had these rooms in Ireland. I certainly no, had you? never heard about them until today. What no. sort of incidents have you heard of happening with children in these rooms? Are they perfectly safe in these rooms or could they do damage to themselves? Oh, no, they have done damage to themselves. Um, they, there's... There's a few incidents of children actually being physically harmed or um, managing to break glass and then being left in a room with broken glass or um, trying to get out and harming themselves, trying to get out or getting to such a state. So they'll, they'll work them into themselves into such a meltdown that they, they just are physically in a, a state where they can't breathe and they, they just can't focus. And then they, they, there's, there's a point of no return and that the child will literally be rocking in a corner because they can't manage the situation. Neve, I assume that whoever came up with the idea for isolation room did it because they thought it would help because I suppose if you put yourself into the place of the teacher for a moment, if you have say 29 kids in your class and then you have one child who is in a mainstream school who is autistic and they begin to have a meltdown you're thinking okay I've 29 children to control and 
I'm devoting all my attention to one child for a moment and I suppose someone thought well what's the safest thing I'll put them in a room with as little in there to to damage them as possible so I suppose that would to me seem like the idea for for what they for why they came up with the idea but Neve. What do you think would be a better solution for a teacher who can't leave 29 kids while one child needs particular attention? What's the solution? Well, at the moment, it's it's very difficult for the teachers, and I fully understand that. They have an impossible job. There's too many children in their classrooms, so they can't give the attention to each child that they need in the first place, even if they just have a class of very straightforward kids. So that is a difficult situation to be in. Um... There are ways of dealing with it. Um, it's, it's, it's resources. They need more resources. They need small class sizes and more resources so that the children who do need the extra attention get the extra attention. If on a regular basis during a school day, a child who needs that sort of special attention is actually given sort of just even a little bit more of attention during the day, it prevents meltdowns and it gives mm-hmm. them the ability to express whatever it is they're trying to get out and they just can't get it out or they need time to do work or they've done their work too quickly and they need more work handed to them. If a child needs a safe place to go to, it should be within the classroom. It should be somewhere away from the other children so they can actually have a bit of mind space. Um, Having conditions like Asperger's syndrome, it was once described to me by a psychiatrist as having mind blindness so that they can understand and see certain things and other things they can't understand or see and it's just it's not that they're ignoring it or they're trying to be difficult they just don't get it so they need space to themselves they need to not be crowded and they need to have the ability to calm themselves down and they can do that if they're given a soft comfortable space that isn't isolated they actually do calm themselves down it does take time and it is a little bit of work Mm-hmm. But it, it's a resource issue, I suppose, and I suppose everything comes down to resources at the end of the day, but um, the class sizes need to be smaller. There needs to be safe space within the classroom instead of separate and lockable. Um, they need to be not lockable and fully visible so the child can see everyone and they can see them. So it's completely and utterly mm-hmm. safe, mm-hmm. but comfortable for the child so they can relax and know that if they get stressed, which is most of the meltdowns are due to stress so when they're getting stressed they can say i need to be somewhere safe and they have somewhere to go to neve just very quickly um i realize that you know this is very difficult and you're mentioning resources there but do you think the parents of children without autism feel that those who have it in situations like this in classes do they feel solidarity with these children and the parents or do they think that these children are disrupting their child's learning it actually just depends, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you change when you become a parent. Um, and mm-hmm. in general, people become more aware and have more compassion towards children, regardless of whether they have special needs or not. And it just depends on the person. So you'll meet people who are in solidarity and have no problem saying, no, this, this child needs that special attention. And then you meet other people who only see their own kids' needs and will only ever see their own kids' needs. And that's just the way they are. And it just depends on the parent. Describe to me again, physically, Neve, because I'm interested. Describe to me physically the safe space a child with, with autism would need to be at a remove from the class so they can calm down. Describe it. Let me paint the picture of it for me in my mind. Um, well, there's a few ways of doing it. You could, you could easily 
Um, do you know the play tents you can get? You can get them in, in yeah. different stores and that. The house. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You could put a place a play tent um, at the back of a room somewhere, place a cushion inside it, maybe a book, and allow the child to go and sit in that environment. Now, those have open doors. They're, they're not closable. So the child can see the teacher in the class, and they can see them, and everyone is effectively safe. So they know that they have this space where they can go to, when they're being overstimulated, it's, it's basically they're being overstimulated. They can't handle the noise or the lights or um, people being too close to them or they just can't handle maybe the amount of work they've been handed. They just need a safer space. So that's one way of doing it. You can easily do that then with um, easily putting maybe cushions or soft chairs or something like that in at the back of the class. You just need something that the child can focus. It's, yeah. it's a distraction method. So you distract the child away from what they were doing or from the stress that they were uh, feeling and allow them to, I don't know, if uh, play with Lego, make them, give them a task of building that's, something. That seems cheap, Neve. That seems very cheap. I, it, I'm surprised uh, that it hasn't been picked up on yet. Thank you for talking to us. We do appreciate no you, you speaking to us. Though. Uh, something that I don't think many people had heard about today before Nikki Ryan was writing about it in the journal.ie. It's Parents Against Isolation Rooms Ireland and that was Neve Dean who was chatting with us there. Um, John says here, uh, do they strap the child to a bed, put electrodes to his temples and give him something to bite down on? It's typical Irish mentality towards disability. Um, and other people are talking about segregating autistic children from children who don't have autism and yes. how we just don't know how to deal with this in this country and that we have to have better attitudes and one would think considering our history that we would be trying to improve our attitudes as quickly as possible 53981 or you can low call 1850 get in contact with us here on Late Night Talk Late Night Talk for Dublin With Head and Shoulders giving you the confidence to hang up your hang-ups on 98FM